0: Hi, everybody. Bob Rathman bidding you welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast coming to you from Atlanta. And this week, we will be speaking with CBS Sports' John Rothstein. And we will get a tremendous overview of the new college basketball season with John in just a moment. But first, our Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week. We begin with a question. Who was the only player in the country last season to lead his conference in points and assists? You really know your hoop if you identified SMU guard Kendrick Davis. He was named this week first-team All-AAC preseason, unanimously so, I might add. Also in the American, Wichita State's Tyson ATN was named the preseason player of the year. That conference will line up this way in terms of the preseason bouting. Final four participant last season, Houston number one, Memphis number two, SMU number three. Of course, all the media days for men and women going on across the country over these next couple of weeks. And a couple of women's notes to share with you. The proposed move to expand the NCAA women's tournament from 64 to 68 teams advanced through two committees during the week. The committee and the oversight committee both voted unanimously for the expansion. And Mississippi State women's basketball coach Nikki McCray-Penson says she is stepping down as the Bulldogs coach after one season to focus on her health. She's a Women's Basketball Hall of Famer. Her Bulldogs were 10-9 and 9 last season and 5-7 and 7 in the SEC. Assistant head coach Doug Novak will be MSU's interim head coach. But we miss, uh, wish Nikki McCray-Penson all the best in her recovery efforts. When we come back, I'll be chatting with the Encyclopedia of College Basketball. From CBS Sports, John Rothstein makes his annual visit. But first, this from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's would like to dedicate the next three seconds to our new grilled portobello mushroom and Swiss sub. Trust us, it tastes good too. Because fresh ingredients make a sub above. Always. A pleasure to catch up with John Rothstein. He is the host, of course, of College Hoops Today podcast. If you're a college basketball fan of any stripe, he is a must-listen, must-follow on Twitter and Instagram. He does so much for us as a national selector and on our board of selectors. John, it's here, buddy. College basketball is back. I love it.
1: Yeah, best time of the year, always optimism, always hope for every team involved, Bob. And, you know, the curtain's going to come up on November 9th, less than four weeks away.
0: You, sir, are in Indianapolis. I think everybody now is sort of in that uh, mode of checking out the media days across the country. Uh, The vibe to get back to like a normal season somewhat of college basketball has to be front and center on everybody's mind. Last year was so hard on everybody. It was really, really hard,
1: and it was just kind of a season that never really had a great rhythm or chemistry. But, you know, all good things in time hopefully pass uh, in a favorable direction. And, you know, college basketball is more than a good thing. It's a big part of the fabric of our country, and I think for the people who are immersed in the sport like you and I, Bob, it's a warm blanket that we wrap ourselves in each and every night, and the hope and the think that we're going to have a chance to have it back in its normal form this year is very, very exciting. Especially with the type of season that we could have in front of us.
0: No question, and we'll get to the players on your your Naismith watch list in, in just a minute. But just some, John, some overall takes. Uh, of what you're seeing and sensing out there in the preseason. Uh, anything that that comes to mind? I wanted to ask you about several different storylines, but I wanted to get your take first on, on what, what the vibe is out there. Well, I think, you know,
1: one of the things that's really happened in college basketball, you know, the last couple of years was we had so many sweeping changes to the game. You know, there's name, image, and likeness now. There's obviously, you know, freedom of movement via the transfer portal. And I think one of the things that's happening is it is becoming more attractive for a lot of these players to stay in school and to have an opportunity to finally monetize, obviously, you know, their likeness and make a little extra money. And if they're not ready for the NBA, it gives them an opportunity to remain in school. That means that, you know, the brand name players in the sport are going to be much more recognizable for people from the periphery. That's going to lead to a better product and is also going to lead to more popular early season games. We've got some of the best non-conference games I can really, really remember in quite some time. And I think that's going to add to a lot of the sizzle that, you know, we're going to see in November, December. You know, Bob, it wasn't always in college basketball that you had so many marquee games early. Now that's the case. Every night there's something to watch.
0: Oh, you're right. And I'm so glad you said that because I do think the college game is getting back to being a stronger place for players and uh, and that's key. Uh before we get to the guys, uh Kentucky. Are they back?
1: They're definitely going to be improved. What type of a bounce back season will it be for Kentucky in my opinion that's a little bit to be determined because anytime John Calipari's had, you know, some of his elite teams at Kentucky, they've been loaded with players that were forecasted to be obviously, first-round picks at the next level. You look at Kentucky's roster this year, Ty Ty Washington, their talented five-star freshman, fits that bill. But other than that, I see a lot of really good college players. I don't see many surefire, you know, first-round picks. And it'll be interesting to see how that manifests itself in an SEC conference that I think did as well via the transfer portal as any league in the country.
0: Uh, switching quickly to the ACC for a couple of major storylines with Duke and Carolina. Duke, I think the coach case story is going to be one that permeates college basketball of course with his final season, but also Hubert Davis taking over the Tar Heels. Your thoughts on both.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's a little bit surreal to think that this is going to be the last go around for Mike Krzyzewski, because in my lifetime, you know, all I've known is Mike Krzyzewski as the head coach at Duke. And I think every time Duke plays this season, especially on the road, you aren't really just going to see an event. You're going to see a coronation to celebrate, you know, the, the greatest coach that we've had in this generation of college basketball. And conversely, then on Chapel Hill, it's a new dawn for North Carolina, and it's a dawn, I think, that should be filled with promise. North Carolina lost in the round of 64 last year to Wisconsin, But Hubert Davis inherits a team that is older on the perimeter. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Kerwin Walton, they all become sophomores. You get Armando back, who's going to be one of the best big men in the country, and North Carolina added Brady Manick from Oklahoma as a grad transfer. Dawson Garcia has a transfer from Marquette and also Justin McCoy from Virginia. So now you're going to be able – to see a North Carolina team play with a more talented and deeper baseline that gives you a different type of a look. As you know, one of the hallmarks and backbones of Roy Williams at North Carolina was being relentless with two traditional bigs up front. Now all of a sudden Hubert Davis might look to play with a little bit of a more four out approach. It's a different dynamic to watch unfold at North Carolina.
0: No question. I'm fascinated with the Big Ten. Uh, Not only great teams, but the coaching situation, you know, a a guy like Mike Woodson, who comes to college basketball after such a long time in the pros to take over his beloved Indiana Hoosiers, uh, the Big Ten is going to be fascinating. It always
1: is. And last year we had, obviously, you know, the Big Ten is the deepest conference in college basketball. Now you have a league that I think presents an incredible opportunity for certain programs to make a jump. Penn State and Minnesota have new head coaches in Micah Shrewsbury and Ben Johnson, respectively. Wisconsin lost four starters. Iowa lost two pros in Joe Camp, and Luca Garza. If you're a team like Nebraska with Fred Hoiberg, who has vastly upgraded his personnel, and Northwestern with Chris Collins, who's going to have six juniors and seniors back from last season, there is never a time in the Big Ten to jump from 11 or 12 to 7 or 8 like there is right now, Bob. What's your take on the Big 12 right now? For this season, I think the Big 12 will be, as usual, a five- to 6 bid league. And I think moving forward, the league did the best it possibly could with realignment because when you look at realignment, losing Texas and Oklahoma, you've added crowd basketball traditional powers in Houston and Cincinnati along with BYU, which had a completely different dynamic to road venues for the Big Twelve because of what obviously they're going to be capable of at the Marriott Center. And then I think you have the Orlando market and UCF. My big thing moving forward with the Big Twelve is this. What are we going to see out of the Big Twelve when it comes to a conference schedule? Big 12 has been so, I think, equally distributed the last couple of years because of the double-round robin. Now mm-hmm. you're in a scenario where unless you go to 22 league games, you're not going to have a true regular season champion. That's an interesting thing to follow as we push forward here in the Big 12.
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, they're they're going to be like a lot of other conferences with this humongous travel uh, that yes. they're facing. And, and that is going to be different for those guys. Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Ask, Definitely going to be different.
0: Let me ask you, uh, John, about the, the West. I mean, we know about uh, the Zags, of course. UCLA, with its unbelievable run last year, what, your your early feel of, of what's happening in, out West.
1: Well, you know, UCLA and Oregon, I think, are a cut above everybody else in the Pac 12. I think in Zag and BYU will be the best teams out, you know, in the WCC. I expect St. Mary's to have, you know, a bounce back year. Randy Bennett brings back everybody's significance from his team last year and adds, you know, a talented freshman on Augustus Marshall the son of former NBA star Sarunas Marshall And then, you know, in the Mountain West, I think, you know, Nevada has a dark horse All-American in Grant Sherfield, who, you know, was dominant at times last year and is now in a situation where I think, you know, he could be an All-American honorable mention type player.
0: Uh, Nova and the Big East. Nova and
1: the Big East. I think, you know, we have Villanova as a clear favorite. UConn is the most critically imposing team that I've seen so far this season. I think UConn is the deepest front court in college basketball. And then just wanted to also note that I think the Big East, in terms of power conferences, could be as balanced as any league in the country, obviously, after the favorite in Villanova. And I think, you know, you're going to have a lot of different teams like the one I'm going to see this afternoon in practice. Butler, as well as Xavier and St. John, have a chance to get over the hump and make the NCAA tournament for the first time in a number of years. Wow.
0: Man, I can't wait to get this going. Um, Let's talk about the players. Uh, Obviously, I was so happy for Luca Garza last year. Um, I mean, obviously, he was a tremendous collegian. And I just thought the whole time that, you know, somebody's going to end up with a great guy on their team in the pros. I didn't know who it was going to be, who was going to maybe "quote unquote" take a chance on him. But you know, he's got—he played himself into a full-time contract, and good for him. I think that's good for college basketball.
1: No, it definitely is, and he is the poster child in a lot of ways. Um, you know, for what college basketball used to be when guys, right. you know, who weren't maybe the most highly recruited continued to work, continued to get better, withstood the test of time, became an All-American and played himself into a pro, and now you're seeing, you know, a scenario where, you know, Luca Garza is reaping the fruits of his labor. Life hits us back. He goes back, and this is a deeper topic, Bob, but, you know, you've dealt with it in your career, I'm sure. I, you know, i dealt with it in my career. One of the most overrated words, I think when we talk about trying to achieve something in a highly competitive field or industry is destiny because we never wake up one day and have things automatically fall into place as they want it. And I think, as you know, as well as I do, when you reach certain pinnacles and goals, the horizon that you're stretching for every single day changes and you have new goals. And I don't think Luca Garza's quest for greatness is any different. Amen. Well said. Well said.
0: So, I mentioned earlier, you're on our, our national board of selectors for the Naismith. Give us a rundown on, you know, maybe the the top five guys in your mind going into this season that our fans need to look out for. Well, my
1: first team All-Americans are going to be Colin Gillespie at Villanova, Johnny Juzang at UCLA, and then three big men, Ruth Timmy of Gonzaga, who's my national player of the year. Also, Hunter Dickinson from Michigan and Kofi Coburn from Illinois, and obviously there'll be more of that on college and of course obviously the uh the CBS family and network starting on November ninth.
0: We have it already dialed in, my friend. We uh I can't wait each week for your podcast to come out. It is a must listen for college basketball fans everywhere. And we cannot thank you enough for taking the time today, John and all you do for us at the Naismith Awards. We really appreciate it, and Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Bob. That's going to do it for this week. We thank you so much for joining us. Please leave a rating and a review. helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. And until next week, from Atlanta, from all of us at the Naismith Awards, Bob Rathman saying so long.